start to get an itch and you start to scratch. Skin sores. Kidney disease. Rheumatic heart disease. Rheumatic fever. Frosted scabies. Streptococcal infection. Preventable, treatable, curable. That's where all the sickness comes from. Though long banished to the history books in the modern urban setting, scabies is a disease that is an everyday reality in the remote Indigenous communities of the Northern Territory. One Disease is a not-for-profit organisation that aims to eliminate crusted scabies, the most serious form of the condition, as a public health concern. In this podcast series, we scratch the surface to reveal the history and origin of scabies, current treatment strategies, and just how One Disease plans to achieve their ambitious goal. Scratching the surface, the scabies story. G'day, and welcome to this episode of Scratching the Surface, the scabies story, brought to you by One Disease. I'm Brad Firebrace, and joining me in Studio G today is my old mate Jacko from One Disease. How you going, Brad? Good to be back in your studio, mate. And our guest today, Trish Miller, who is the Alcohol and Other Drugs Coordinator with Red Lily Health in Jabiru and Greater Western Arnhem Land. How are you, Trish? Yeah, good, thanks, brothers. Happy to be here. Could you give us a bit of background on yourself by way of introduction? Yeah, no worries. So my name's Patricia Miller. I'm a Murrumbu Umbakala woman from Kakadu National Park, south end of the park, so we're Jim Jim Falls, Yellow Water area there. I am currently working for Red Lily Health out in Kakadu National Park, but I do a lot of work with Meg and Michelle from One Disease, so really happy to be here. Can you just touch on your history and experiences in health around Kakadu Way? So I suppose health out in Kakadu has always really been in my life from a young age. My mother was the senior Aboriginal health worker out in Kakadu back in the day. She did like 15 years out in the health service there at the clinic. So we always had people coming to our house out on the outstation, you know, for different things, domestic violence problems, crocodile attacks, um, also things like scabies, having sores on their bodies, stuff like that. So... It was probably inevitable that I would actually get into health when I was older, I reckon, coming from that background and having such a strong person like my mother there. Are you able to touch on memories around seeing scabies and the different ways it's been treated over the years since you first started working in health? I've probably seen scabies at a very young age. A lot of people back then, you know, didn't really know what it was and felt a little bit shame job and stuff about it to go to the health centre, you know, because... A lot of people would look down on bidding people. So bidding in my language mean Aboriginal. So a lot of people, you know, would look down on bidding people a lot. So people felt shame to go health mm. centre and get stuff like that looked at. But, you know, mum was always there with a helping hand. She always did most of her work out on communities and outstations. So used to take the lie clear out there and give a lot of public health messages out there on community and country for people to make them feel more at home, more safe, and get that message across. But um, I suppose later on, now that I'm in public health, I do a lot of work with um, Meg from One Disease and Michelle. Going over to Gumbalanya was, you know, a huge part of my journey with One Disease when we first got invited over there to help with Healthy Skin Week. Kakadu and um, Arnhem Land are very close family, you know, right up to Manangrida and keep going. Language connections, song lines, everything runs through all that country. Even going over there before that one started, there was a lot of on-ground work by all the brother and sister mob over there at Gumbalanya. 
and then you know with Meg and Michelle such a great working team all together and then obviously the help with the clinicians as well from the health centers in both Gumbalanya and Jabiru as well you know the Northern Territory government workers as well that came on board huge success which was really good we went to all the houses out there. We had, I think, about four or five different teams out there at the time, which um, had clinicians um, with the public health team members, community mob from that area as well to, you know, make people feel more safer and stuff, which is really good. So, yeah. yeah. You mentioned about back then, Trish, about the stigma, the shame and embarrassment. I'm not sure how far back you mean, but coming forward... Uh, do you feel that stigma and that shame and that embarrassment has changed now? Yeah, definitely. Look, I think so because nowadays we have people like Meg and Michelle that come out to the community and they sit with us mm. and they talk to us and they ask mm. us what our concerns are on our health. Yeah. For a long time, binning people have been dictated to for their health, being told, oh, you have to lose weight, you've got to give up alcohol, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Well, that's no good. You know, we need people out in our community like one disease mob that come out and they walk the journey with us. Mm. And we need people to walk that journey with us, not dictate to us. So that's why we're really lucky to have people like Meg Mob. You know, they come, they sit on the ground with us, they talk to us, they get our stories, they ask us how we want to work it. So we're a big part, like when they come out to run Healthy Skin Weeks in community, we're a very big part in the whole planning process of that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the effectiveness in regards to imparting that information, increasing people's knowledge about it, and in giving them everything that they need so that they are able to make decisions for themselves and their own health and for their families. That's right. It's about empowering our people, putting one foot in front of the other, yeah. taking time with our people, learning the stories, you know, and when other people come out into communities in the NT all over Australia, they got to come for the right purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, don't come to make that big dollars working out in communities. Come because you want to walk with us on that journey. You want to help us create something beautiful. You want to listen to our story so we can take our health in our hands. And I think it's about time that we did that. We didn't get to do that a long time ago. Mm. A lot of things have happened back in the day to a lot of our people from all over Australia. And I think it's now picking back up where if we're going to close this gap that everyone keeps talking about in health, the first thing that's going to do it is putting our health back into our hands. Absolutely. So you mentioned um, Healthy Skin Week. Can you just give us a little bit more information about the Kakadu Outstation Healthy Skin Week? Yeah, look, it was really good out there as well, out in Kakadu. We've got a lot of different communities and our communities out in Kakadu um, are somewhat different to others. I live at Potonga Airstrip community and that's 75 kilometres away from Jabiru, you know, so communities are far and spread. So we had to go out in a couple of different teams to the different ends of the park so we could cover more ground in the couple of days that we had. Distance was a little bit difficult, but we got it done. We worked as a team, worked as a family. Um, long before we went out onto the community to run this program, we went out to community first to talk with people on mm. those communities about what we would like to do, would they like to do it, um, have they seen anything, would they like more information and stuff. And then when they community mob gave us the go-ahead is when we started to plan the whole program from that. We can't go out to communities and just run a program straight up. We've got to go out there, we've got to do consultation with their mob first, see what they want to bring to the party, see what they want. 
scratching the surface, the scabies story. To scratch a little deeper, head to onedisease.org. Trish, I just want to touch on, um, we were talking about Lightclear and uh, the Western medicine side of things. I just want to throw in something about our bush pharmacy in regards to, you know, bush foods and stuff like out of uh, medicinal ingredients with uh, some preventative qualities. And so I'm asking you, do you know of or have you heard of bush treatment for scabies, skin sores, insect bites or something that countrymen still use out that way? Yeah, well, look, uh, there's heaps of bush medicine all still out there. I mean, that's how we get this Western modern-day medicine now is all back from the bush, whether it be here in Australia or over in the Amazon or, you know, anywhere else around the world. A lot of people still use salt water, you know, going out in salt water cleans the skin, freshens you. Being out on country just in general can help your mind, your body and your soul. You know, walking barefoot through your country, feeling all your ancestors around. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of different medicines out there. I mean, at the moment we're in wet season. So we've got our kakadu plums out there. We've got our green plum. We've got the, um, I like to call it bubble gum, <laughs> bubble gum plum because you chew the little end of it and it just gets all chewy like juicy fruit chewing yeah. gum, you know. But all those plants have like such high vitamin C in them. Yeah. More than mm. what a vitamin C tablet will give you. Mm. Vitamin C is really good for you. They've got all of those. We've got the freshwater mangroves out there that are really good for, you know, sores. You've got different other plants out there that's really good for, you know, toothaches and stuff. I mean, world your oyster, really, like out in the bush life. That's our supermarket. That's our chemist. That's everything all rolled into one, really, that's you know, it. when you got to look at it. Yes. Can you just explain the different ways health workers deal with scabies with their clients? So we've got the lie clear, little tube. People put not only on themselves, but the whole family get done. So everybody in the household. And you don't have to be an actual clinician. You don't have to be a nurse to go and get the lie clear and put it on because anyone can go to a chemist and actually buy lie clear. Mm. You know, that that's one of the biggest things I think coming out is a lot of people think you've got to be a clinician to be able to give lie clear out to people. Well, no, you don't. So that's another educational thing that needs to get out there as well. And make sure when you do lie clear, everybody in the house gets done. If people don't have hot water in their washing machines, I mean, some communities struggle to even get cold water on a good day. Mm. We can put clothes and sheets in garbage bags, black garbage bags, creates a lot of heat there, stick them out in the sun, you know. We've Mm. got a lot of heat up here in the Territory, so that'll kill the bugs. You know, always being wary, especially like of babies, and I know it's so hard, but... When someone's got scabies, try not to hold little babies, you know, little infants, because it can be heaps dangerous for someone so young that is still developing. Just be wary, look after family, look after each other, get all that information. It's all out there. You can find it on that web. You can find it on Facebook. You see all them amazing like one disease ads on the tv now talking about scabies and stuff. So the information is definitely getting out there. Do you think that families now are are starting to understand that whole process, you know, without going to the clinic? Yeah, look, I think it becomes easier. But like out on our communities, you have to go to the clinic. Mm. 
because that's where it is. We're not privileged like Darwin or Adelaide and other big cities around, you know, that have chemists. We don't have Amcal down the road or or anywhere else, you know, so we've got to go into the clinic. That's another thing. When we're talking about clinic, I don't really like using them terms, eh? What we need to be saying is we all need to start changing that language and we need to start saying health centre. Because when I hear clinic, I'm thinking, well, that's just doctors, nurses, clinicians. But health centre, that's everybody. That's the family. That's where the strength comes from. And we're talking about a huge public health sectors out there and every clinic around Australia, you know, and that's why they should be called health centres because without public health, there is nothing. If we have really good public health, then people won't have to get the rheumatic heart needle. If we have really good public health, then people won't have kidney disease later on. Public health, grassroots level, on the ground level is where health starts. Mm. It doesn't start way up here. We're not starting way up in the sky, upstream. We need to start down here so our people don't have these health issues. And I think that's a very big thing, like especially for me, you know, I want to start on the ground. I want our people not to go to the doctor, not to have to go to the doctor, you know. But I also want our people to be strong enough so if they can't handle what's happening with them or they don't know what's happening with their body and they're sick, don't go last minute. Mm, Seek help. Get out there. Seek help straight away, you know. A lot of our people, you know, and because of that shame job factor, don't go until last minute. Mm. And shame job can be a real big thing, but you know what, brothers and sisters out there, don't be shamed. If anyone is listening to this, don't be shamed. Get out there. Talk to somebody. Find someone. There's always someone who can help you. Scratching the Surface, the scabies story. Brought to you by One Disease. From your experience, do you think we're making progress in Aboriginal health? I think in health, I don't remember a time where it has slowed down dramatically. And it's a hard thing, but it's about getting the education out there, educating not just our people but the Ballander mob too, educating them on the situation because, you know, a lot of these Ballander mob and other people, they look down on us and they think binning mob, that comes from the dirt, scabies and everything and they live in filthy houses and overcrowding and where the scabie wasn't even here years ago. We, We didn't have that. It didn't come from us. That's right. Come from, could be trenches there, you know, over in the wars. Could be over in the boat there where Captain Cook came from. And But for some reason, I know a lot of people look at it as like it's our thing. It's a black thing. Mm-hmm. Even knits. People look at, oh, you know, knits is a black thing. Well, no, it's not. Scabies can get to anyone. Knits can get to anyone. You know, there's a lot of other health issues out there. But if we have more people in public health, more of our people, binning people, delivering stories and messages, not only in English but in language, many different languages we got around Australia, it could be such a powerful thing to actually have. More of that education and power we get across to our mob and we can all live healthier, longer lives because, I mean, our life expectancy as Indigenous people is quite low. 
very, very low, mm. you know. In some cases, the men even lower than the women. So it's always a hard thing, but we've got to start picking ourselves up. As we've mentioned, your whole life has pretty much been involved in community health. It's quite a career. Yeah, look, I've had a lot of good times throughout my career, I have to say. And my career is still young as well, I believe. I mean, I'm only 39, turning 40. I've got so much still to see, to learn, especially off my elders that are still with us. And there's not many of them now left. So I believe there's a lot more to come out there. But I just got to say, like working with Meg and Michelle, I mean, having those relationships with everyone from one disease has probably been one of the highlights of my career. Seriously, like getting to work with them and other public health mob from different organisations that come out there and they come out on the request of us, they listen to us and you end up being one huge family. And I think that's what the main thing is, you know, like if we work together as a family, we work for each other, we help each other, we learn from each other, we listen to them stories together, the world will just go around beautifully. It's about having those connections, those strong connections and Seriously, I think just that's one of the biggest things I think of my career is making those connections, you know, even with you brothers here sitting today. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the powerful thing because what I'm hearing, it's storytelling, you yeah. know, and you've got a story to tell. You've got, you've got history to share. Yeah. You've got uh, experiences that you've been involved with and other people have done. And, and mm. I think that's the key element is that before you actually go out and do something, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about these things, you know. If you haven't got the community on board, well, forget about trying to implement a program. Mm. That's know, right. We need one another. Yeah, that's the way it is. Like one of my sayings is, and I stick very highly by it, we're not looking for Superman or Superwoman to save us. We're looking for people to walk the journey with us. Scratching the Surface, the Scabies Story, produced by Skinny Fish Music for One Disease. You can download other episodes or the whole series from your favourite podcast provider. And for more information and resources, head to our website at onedisease.org.